0: Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My name is Dave Marr. I am the host of the show. I'm a comedian in Chicago who survived a coma and has a bunch of questions, but I'm not asking those questions this episode. I am just reflecting on the fact that last week I released the 100th episode of this podcast, which is a big milestone for me. Uh, It's an obvious one, but I'll explain a little bit more why it's big for me personally. And if you enjoy the show, you might enjoy hearing from me directly here a little bit. I will say you can do that every week hear from me directly, that is. If you sign up for my newsletter, Definitive Answers, It there's a link for that in the show notes. You can find links to everything else I do in the show notes as well. And my Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr. This is a great opportunity to say, hey, I have put a lot into these 100 episodes of the show. I'm very grateful to the pigeon level patrons, Fred Fidewa, Katie Llewellyn, Susie Carroll, Kurt Chang, John Lee, Shuba Singh, and Debo for their support. You can become a Pigeon level patron for 15 bucks. Think of it like a cheap dinner once a month, and you can become a regular Afterhead for $5 a month. Think of it like a nice coffee. So if, if you would be willing to treat me to one of those things once a month for the work I do in this podcast for the connection, hopefully, that we have, go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr, join those folks, and I'm very grateful to them. I think that's all. No, tell your friends. Tell your friends about the show. I'm getting all this stuff out of the way, so I can, I'm not gonna be saying it on the back end. Don't worry. There's not even a back end. There's not a conversation with another person. It's, uh, so there's still a back end, things that Go on, have back ends a, a, a monologue has a back end as much as a monologue interspersed with a conversation. But yes, I'm not, <laughs> oh boy, I'm not gonna be talking about that stuff. the the housekeeping stuff at the end of the show. I'm getting it out of the way here. So tell a friend, do the things that it seems unimportant. Or minor to do like reviewing the show in your Apple app, subscribing in any app, uh, rating it. Those things the people tell you to do those things because they're actually helpful. Help us trick the algorithm. You know we're in this together. But let's let's do it. One hundred episodes was my original goal for this show. I started the podcast. In August of 2020, that was when I released the first four episodes at once. And I had wanted to do... I've done a few podcasts in the past. This is the longest running I've had for any of them. But I had had it on my mind to do a podcast because I love the format, the, the form. I have a bit of a chip on my shoulder about people who are like, Oh yeah, another podcast, or like especially, oh yeah, another podcast in quarantine, okay, you know. It's like you don't say that to musicians. A musician's not like, yeah, thinking I'm thinking about putting an album out. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, you're just gonna record a bunch of songs and then put it on an album. Okay, cool, Mr. Musician. It's like, yeah, that's what we do. And as a comedian, whose work doesn't always fit into super short uh, five and 10 minute sets, th- this is what I do. You know, I'd, I'd been looking forward to finding the right idea. I felt like I found it. I still feel like I found it. And my goal for myself, I was like, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to record and release 100 episodes because I wanted a goal, a number goal, where I could just, it was completely in my control. I could focus on that. And I, I i didn't not look at some of the other numbers, but it was really helpful to have that goal. It reminds me of when I started stand-up. I similarly put my head down and I was like, I'm going to do 300 sets, any mic, anywhere, took me 15 months, the start of one summer through to the end of the next summer. And I did it and felt like a huge accomplishment. And then I went into a coma and now we have this podcast. So in a way, those first 300 sets really led to these 100 episodes, but I'm, I'm committed now. I am scared to say it, but I look forward to putting out another hundred episodes and I just, I just have no reason to stop. So th- that's the irony of asking for financial support for the show. Is you know what? I am gonna do it anyway. It it feels I, I I that that's not the the strongest hand. There's there's a way it feels like you're supposed to uh keep things close to your vest to people and be like, well, I, I really need people's uh people's help to to make this show. And it's like, yeah. I definitely do. But I'm also going to figure out a way to keep making this show. So I also want to do a rundown. In certain episodes, especially if you've listened to the full conversations or the after show on the Patreon, you know that I have this 50-50-50 rule regarding the demographics of the guests. I want no more than 50% Men, fifty percent white people and fifty percent comedians. So I have I have crunched the numbers, and here they are: men, it may of every unique guest on the show. Some people have been on more than once. Didn't count them. I, I did count myself for the the episode, the Reverse Rue episodes, but the, those those prefaces made. I've had 52.7% men on the show. So, eh, fail by a little bit there. White people, 54.8%. Still, you know, I'm getting close, but there's room for improvement. Comedians, 49.5%. Cha-ching. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, man fucking sticking it to my people, comedians. Um, Obviously, I love comedians. I love talking to comedians, but I'm very proud of the diversity of types of artists and people and guests I've had on the show. Obviously, there's room for improvement in the other areas, but I am glad I have that marker for myself to shoot for. Is that I don't know. Is is that a bad marker? Is that uh is it too lax on myself? I, I don't know. I'm available for um for feedback. Give me a call. 313-647-8872-313-MISTURA. You can leave a voicemail. I'll fucking play it. If you're like, Dave, you have way too many white people on the show. What are you talking about? You need like five percent white people. Uh, That's, that's feedback I'm, I'm available for, you know? So let's see, what is, what's next? What's the show been for me? It has been a lifeline in a time of isolation. I have not performed live, which is an essential feature pillar of my sanity, um, except for a handful of times mostly right after that first vaccine doses those first two vaccine doses when we thought things were going to be a lot you know smoother sailing uh performed a handful of times Uh, but other than that it's been pretty fucking lonely man uh producing the show is a lot of work i will uh talk about what i've what i've learned from that in a little bit but it's it's lonely work and so it has been a lifeline to talk to guests to be able to email with guests beforehand or text to talk to folks who like the show people who text me people who dm me people who comment i read all that shit uh this is Dave Marr at gmail.com you can email me about the show anytime you want and I've really needed that. It's also been a diary of my taste. The musician, you know, the fact that I'm an independent artist and rely on word of mouth and take up the time I do take up, you know, asking for your help with those word of mouth things means that you get my taste. And I think I have pretty good taste. You get my taste in music. You get my taste in comedians, in writers, in the things that are... Titillating me right now. I mean, some of these people, Sarah Natell, Bill Stern, Jonathan Giuseppe, uh, Calvero, Whitney Wasson, these are people who are comrades in arms of mine in terms of being independent artists. People who don't have big backing, who produce their own shit the way they want to produce it, and are doing it. Why? doing it themselves, you know? Uh, people like Mike Watt, people like Chris Gethard, these are like heroes of mine. I'm very fortunate to call Gethard a friend as well, but like these are people who've massively influenced the fact that I want to go about my career the way that I do. And obviously my mom has been a, a pretty big influence as well. So I'm, I'm proud of the way it's functioned as a diary of my taste, and speaking of friends, the show has also gotten me a couple of friends. You've heard We on We on the show twice. John and I have not hung out in person, but we're getting close. I I know it's gonna happen. Um, and then and Matt Sage, if you heard that episode, you heard the similarities we had it was eerie it was i had to use two hands to count like oh we both have type 1 diabetes oh we both grew up in evangelical families and like a million other things um he's been a great buddy as well and i'm so stoked to have like friends who make cool fucking music that shit rules that there there's very few ways to appreciate music better than being able to search out your friends music Am I biased? Are you biased if you're doing that? Absolutely. And who gives a fuck? Because no one's getting graded for like having the best, most objective taste in music. You can let anything affect your taste in music. And I fucking love M. Sage and Fubitsushi and We on Wee. Like that shit rules. And it feels so cool to be like it doesn't take away from it at all. Um, I have a bunch of friends who are on TV. I was on TV. This show of the summer, the bear episode six. I wasn't on episode seven, but the character I played loomed large over episode seven. I watched that show. I didn't really even process myself. You know, it was, it was cool. I was happy about it, but I was, I couldn't not watch the show. Same with uh, a bunch of, you know, when I see Carmen Christopher and shit, I'm not like, Oh, you know, whatever. Gary Richardson, he's writes on every show. It's like, It doesn't take me out of it it like makes me more into it in some ways um and then the other thing it's given me is affirmation the best feeling i have with this show other than right after a really good conversation and it's kind of an extension of that is when the guest gives me a compliment and tells me how good the conversation was, or afterwards messages me and says, that was the best conversation I've ever had with a stranger before in my life. That shit means a lot. It happens a fair amount. I'm not going to brag about it, but I'm I'm going to own that a little bit. And that shit feels really good. It feels good to be doing a thing I am good at here, having these specific kinds of conversations not only in the way I navigate them as a as a person asking questions as a conversationalist as a navigator of these conversations, but also the types of conversations like I just don't hear other heavy light light heavy combinations like this, except people making light of true crime stuff, which is fine that's that's totally fine it's it's not quite my taste sometimes but uh in terms of existential stuff i just don't hear that that much and i'm proud of the space that we are carving out i am carving out i i always hesitate to say we i don't want to like be like yeah we're all a family but like i but i do very much i'll talk about the community element a little bit later i do want to have this be a dialogue um speaking of dialogue I did have someone ask me and I, <laughs> this is my thing I'm going to have speaking of will be my I I have these I've got a little outline for myself here things things I want to talk about and there's uh there's there's sort of bullet points and so I'm going to I'm going to short circuit my desire to say speaking of as a transition between sections and instead just say here here's the sections we've got okay we've got evolution of the show what I've learned surprises dreams what the podcast really is has it fixed me and i want to end on an unwritten rule of mine since that's a question i wasn't asked on the reverse rule because it didn't exist yet and that brings us to evolution which is especially the questions how have things changed what have i dropped namely i dropped the intro questions you hear on those early episodes me ask the thing about being in an Uber, you know, introduce yourself as if you're in an Uber, as if you're at a party, as if you're at the gates of heaven to St. Peter. And I just lost interest in those, especially because a lot of the answers ended up being the same. I also started asking the hell question, What you know, paint your hell. I started making it the first question. I'm going to drink some water here. So that hell question is the first question. Because it turns out it's a super fun, silly way to dive into what the show is. Uh, we got the unwritten rules question, which I mentioned. Uh, that's, a, that's a new guy. And making that the last question has felt like a fun way to sort of decompress from what can be uh, heavy conversations. I will also say... Um, a couple of sort of uh, not superlatives, but if we were naming the section of the show that is most likely to get cut from the main episode and live only on Patreon, normally if I'm looking at an episode, it's a little longer than I want it to be. And I'm not sacrificing any of the story. It's not the things in this segment are not referenced anywhere else in the interview. I am, I'm, I'm looking at funeral planning that is the most modular segment where things I tend to be able to pull that from the main episode and put it on Patreon. In terms of the big question that really like leads off the episode, you know, when we're there, we're in the episode. What do you hope happens when you die? One of the surprises for me is that that has not been That's like the core original question of this podcast. What do you hope happens when you die? Very proud of that phrasing because it has resulted in some very fucking interesting things, which I'll talk about in the next section, Lessons Learned. But it's just not been as central to these conversations, as I thought it might be. And I think part of the reason for that is when we're talking about death, when we're talking about the afterlife, people tend to kind of cycle through given answers to this, including the reincarnation cycle through answer. You've got, you've got a type of heaven, you've got reincarnation, you've got fade out into energy field, you know, there are there are a set handful of these answers because i think really what's beyond death even nothing i think is unimaginable and i think to talk about it we have to not look right at it so that's a thing that's the thing i'm wondering i i'm wondering what what do you think about if i were to not ask what do you hope happens when you die would you feel cheated out of an episode uh how how core is that for you And then there was the uh, superlative, you know, based on another element of a show where people are like, oh, Dave was the most honest person we ever know, we ever knew, you know? And it's like, what is that superlative you would be given when you die? And it's just too heady of a, I I tried it a handful of times. Uh, Timlin, Mike Timlin's episode is the first one where we tried it. I forget if it made it into the main feed or not, but uh, th- that's there. And it just kind of just didn't, didn't tend to go anywhere. So what have I learned lessons? I'll, I'll hit the, the first one about uh, the, what do you hope happens question? I did not expect this to happen, but it just became too obvious. And I've said it to guests in the show that the way white people and the way non-white people um, answer that question not to a person it's not it's not a hard and fast line, but in general, I have found massive patterns about how people answer that question. I think Bettina Johnson, my friend and like movement organizer, mentor, one of them has she was She was one of the first people who kind of was talking about thinking generationally and thinking about what would happen to the people around her after she died. And I'm thinking, oh, this is just a silly little question for people about uh you know what where's your consciousness gonna go?" and that was uh that continues to reshape my brain because i as a as a white guy and and as a selfish guy I, I struggle with that. I have also learned. That your funeral will default to the traditional sad funeral if you don't plan for something different. Listen to the Sky Kubakub episode. This is one where they planned their dad's funeral as as an art show, based very much on his life. And a lot of people say they want a party for their funeral, which is great. You know, I I go back and forth. I don't know exactly what I'd want to be, what I'd want it to be. I I think in some ways I do feel a little bit like it's whatever you guys want it to be. It's it's not for me really to enjoy at least. Um, But if you care about that, you got to make a plan now. And then the other thing I've learned about from the content of the show, especially about funeral planning and burial is just, Everyone wants to be a tree. Every I can't even, there are too many episodes. I do like in Matt Sage's episode where he talks about the mushroom suit. That is tight. There there's the ashes being ground into a ring, into a record at various points, but everyone talks about fucking corpus mundi, the tree the, the egg filled with nutrients that you put a body into and a tree grows from it. Um <laughs> that's I, I don't know what to say about it. I just know everyone wants to be a tree. On a, on a more personal level, what I've learned about doing the show, you know, there aren't like a ton of big lessons, uh, to be honest. It's just a thing that I love doing. And that's and that's okay. Um, I'll 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 preview the has it fixed me section. The answer is no. It has not fixed me. The I have I have not gotten any lasting peace. And occasionally, I have gotten more disturbed at the concept of death. We've got uh, an episode coming up soon in which that happens. But uh, I'm not I'm not fixed. I've just found a thing I love, and hopefully, you love it too. And it can continue to grow and feel even more communal and special. So I but the things I have learned I've learned th- that I can just reach out. Angel Bat Dawid was the first guest who I was like I am fucking loving this album of hers. Uh god what was it even called? It's the one before the live album. Uh it's like her in a church pew on the front cover. I'll I'll look it up. But I reached out to her and I was I was a little bit like hesitant because she is she was like named by the guardian as one of their greatest modern jazz musicians or something. She's a fucking genius. The Oracle, that's the name of the 2019 album. That album is fucking great. I was listening to it a lot on walks in quarantine and I just reached out I just uh, messaged her on Instagram. And that's how I did it with Lowe. I tweeted at them. Fortunately, Alan of Lowe is pretty active on Twitter. Also, much love to Mimi from Lo, who is going through cancer treatment right now, I believe, sending genuine love and prayers to them that they be, yeah, given comfort. And grace and and full of the love that you know clearly pervades their fan base and their music uh as they as they go through that but just reach out that was a lesson that I took and then another one is a personal lesson for me I mean if you're familiar enough with the way I talk to people you know that I struggle with negative self talk that's the therapy lingo that's the real life lingo, that's what it is. And a part of me, while not being able to perform, has thought, well, all I do is I publish a newsletter and a podcast weekly. But that's just maintenance stuff. That's just what every comedian is supposed to do on the side while they're um, building their new one-man show conceptually to take to edinburgh and then booking tours and blah 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 and it's like first of all no one does shows like that in america not no one more more and more people are which is cool and i hope to have more of those people on the podcast in the 50 percent of comedians or maybe i'll classify them as performers depends on the people but that That's a, that's a category in my, in my demographics, but I, after, after saying that to, I actually texted Claire Favret and Megan Strickland, who co-host the after show with me, who both really enjoy the show, who both are very close friends and both of whom I can share, uh, share thoughts with, share this negative self-talk. And I shared that with them and they were like, uh... What no one, no one does that. What are you talking about? No one publishes a podcast and a newsletter every week as a maintenance thing. Like that's cuckoo. That's not true. And so I'm learning to accept this as a body of work, as a thing as an accomplishment. A hundred episodes is fucking cool, man. Like, I don't want to die. I don't consider this definitive but this is the work that i want to be doing that's that's why i mention the patreon that's why i i hope for more listeners for the ability to someday bring this show out of my apartment and not just to another guest's apartment to people who who listen um you know, I but but I'm proud of this body of work and and I'm happy to say that like if I died someone would have to pay the hosting fees, which aren't nothing. But it's it, I'd I'd be happy if people re-listening to these shows and being like, wow, this is this is it's something. This is something. Surprises. In terms of things I've been surprised by. Um, I'm surprised, and a lot of this is in the editing. Sometimes I try to shorten up the silences between my questions and other folks' answers, or in the middle of their answers, or or just tighten up the conversation. Sometimes I do that. Sometimes I don't. Depends on a lot of factors. But the conversations are slower than I would have thought. I am aware. I I, I kind of wear multiple hats while I'm talking, so. Recording the episodes, so it's not. Some sometimes I'm thinking about an edit while I'm in conversation with someone, which isn't isn't a hundred percent present. It is a way of keeping me active though, and I am grateful for that. You know, active and and actively engaging, but I, you know, so I'm aware and and sometimes I'm like, okay, I need I need to. There's not a lot, this person talks with, they don't leave a lot of space. So I have to interrupt them to make it a conversation and not in a, not in a harsh way. I just have to like jump in a little bit and maybe we'll have a little bit of like, oh no, you go. But that'll change the pace of the conversation. But a lot of times I just let the shit ride out. I let silences happen and to see what's on the other side of them and i did that with my mom in the in the 100th episode and you can hear that you know when i'm when i'm asking her about the one memory she would relive it becomes this kind of existential thing where i'm like well i'm just surprised you know when you hear me reflecting on the conversation and on my reactions to a guest's answer that's me trying to figure out where to go and i'm actually I'm actually grateful that some of these conversations happen slower than I would have imagined. I think it's a different pace for a podcast um but as always, uh give me a call at three one three missed u r a three one three six four seven eight eight seven two and if you don't like it, then uh you can uh you can tell me that and i'll I'll clip it right along for you. The other surprise. I've had with the show is its relationship to abolition. I have, I'm trying not to claim an ist or an ism in my, in my mindset because that sh- that shit hasn't normally stuck for me. I mean, I'm sober. That is a thing that's stuck around for longer than most things. I, I do comedy, but the way that looks has changed over the years. So to say, oh, I'm an anarchist, oh, I'm a communist, Uh, I mean, I do consider myself an abolitionist, a prison industrial complex abolitionist, but I'm I'm just trying to learn. I'm trying to learn about these ideas and really radical ways of reimagining the world. And so when you put it like that, it makes total sense that conversations about You know, what's your coma? Moments, a moment of transformation like that. Of course, those questions lead to an overlap with questions about how to reimagine the world. But I, I, I hadn't expected that. And in fact, I think a lot about, you know, as someone whose relationship to politics has changed in the last few years, has gotten a lot more close, you know, politics is more important to me than it was. And I don't mean electoral politics by politics. I mean, direct action. I mean, connecting with neighbors. I mean, building relationships. I mean, skill sharing, preparing for things when, you know, things, things are not great now and they might get not greater. And I hope that I am communicating to you and, and recognizing the importance of being in community. Um, I, I think Dylan Rodriguez said it, and I forget if it was on the Patreon or the main episode, but we were talking about living according to your values. And, you know, I was talking about choosing not to play cops anymore Or audition for cop roles, uh, in acting jobs, and he was like, "That's great, you know." And and the way though to to do that, to figure out what value you know when you're living with your values and when you need to be checked, is to be in a community. There are no individual abolitionists, and that shit hit me really hard. That was really meaningful to hear. So I I hope that. The, the point was about getting closer to politics. I've been thinking about like, okay, what does it mean to be an independent artist? What does it mean to be inspired by certain anarchist ideas? By the ideas of uh, less hierarchy? By the ideas of, you know, what does it mean for me to want to make a living with skills I've developed for 20 years, but to also be opposed to capitalism? I don't know. I don't know a lot of those answers. I'm just asking questions. And so one of those questions is how do I live my political values in my art? Do I do I make it explicit? You know, right now I'm talking about it. Sometimes I talk about it explicitly on the show. But I, I don't think I'm necessarily a a fucking Bill Hicks, you know, Fucking profit haranguer guy. So how do I how do I do that? And it's been really nice that the relationship to those ideals has formed naturally and there's been a natural overlap with the show. So dreams is my next section here. I mentioned community. I would love to have more dialogue with people it is is the is the voicemail working i've played a couple of voicemails um in fact i i will uh i will play a voicemail you know I'll, I'll play a voicemail towards the end of the show uh that i got from sam a regular listener very beloved friend but are are the voicemails working for you? Do you like them? Uh if you if you don't like them and you're happy leaving a voicemail about it, call 313-647-8872 or email me at this at gmail.com if you don't like the voicemails and want to express that in not a voicemail. But yeah, I- I- is it a Discord? Is it a fucking is it an email list? What what what's the way that um that people that we can feel connected. I mean, I would love for there to be even more overlap between my newsletter and the podcast, not in terms of content, but just in terms of people aware that both of those things, Oh, this is Dave talking to someone, maybe being a little bit more silly sometimes on the podcast, or this is Dave going off on a tangent, maybe being silly in a different way on definitive answers, the newsletter. Um, and, and maybe it's live shows because that is a dream I have for the show is to do live shows. I don't know what that looks like. I don't think it looks like a typical uh, This Is Your Afterlife. I know that that's dangerous territory because the reason you listen to This Is Your Afterlife is because you like the format it takes here. But I am a live performer. I do trust that there could be a live version of the show that would be dope. That would be fucking rad to come to. Um, I'd also like to have bigger guests. I'm not gonna lie, fucking big names. Give me not not, you know, my version of big names. People who, uh, who's who's like the most famous. Like, man, not Marianne Williamson, but like who's who's a a very <laughs> famous person. Who would f- who would fit this show? Who I've thought like, oh, they'd be a they'd be a great guest on the show. I feel like there are reality TV people. I mean, straight up, I would love to have Jeff Probst, the host of Survivor, on the show. I mean, come on, man, uh, a- a- open invite to Jeff Probst. But I'd also love to have people like death doulas, people or or people who work in hospice on the show people who it's less about their personality. I mean, I I would love to talk to them personally, but actually maybe explore some of these ideas of death of the afterlife and of really of how we treat each other um, in culture. I would, I would love for the podcast to maybe go that direction. Occasionally, maybe it looks like slightly different types of interviews. I'd also love to have more activists. I say artists and activists every time because I think it makes every every opening of the podcast because I think it it is something that I'm doing a little different than other especially comedy interview shows. But the truth is what's what's the number here? 8.6. 8.6% is is the number of of activists in terms of percentage of guests. So we could we could up it for sure but okay i've said it hasn't fixed me uh we're we're winding down here what the podcast really is 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 pretty simple it's it's not the point is not to fix me the point is just like everything else and get ready cuz i don't know a way to say this that isn't corny but i do believe it's true the the show is about how to live. I mean, show you suck said that in that in that air credits episode where he realized that he was like, you know what I realized like the way people want their funerals maybe was it funerals or their comas or something, you know the way people want to die is the way people want to live, and that's something I've known. I mean, there are there are things the show purports to be about on the surface, and and we know those. And then there are things that the show is is about on a deeper level. And one of those is how, how do I how do I live a life that gets me as close as I can to being okay with death. Yeah. That way of summing it up felt good, so now I'm going to play sam's voicemail and then i'll uh i'll take us out on an on an unwritten rule of mine
1: hi dave it's sam this is my second attempt i hope this is the right voicemail box i just want to say congratulations on 100 episodes in the podcasting game uh you've ostensibly done your first episode (laughs) it's uh it's great. 100 episodes is is like the classic podcast milestone of uh, once you get to 100, you theoretically know what you're doing. So I hope I hope that's true. It seems like it's true. The podcast is great. It's well produced, and the interviews are always great. Uh, you have a really good way of of um, of listening to people and get digging deeper on questions without it seeming invasive. Um, I love the show. I listen every week. I'm excited for more episodes. Uh, I think, I think that's all I got in the chamber right now. Uh, okay. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: That's really sweet. Thank you, Sam. I really appreciate that. I uh, I, I don't appreciate the, uh, the, the subtle, um, diminishment of of the the 100 episode accomplishment but i i understand that's that's not ultimately what's meant so might have to have a follow up conversation at a at a certain point um you know off off the air the air so here is my unwritten rule okay i have tons of unwritten rules when i ask people you know a rule that exists in their head that that might just be them might just be yeah, my, they might not share with too many other people about how the world works or how things should be. I, I've had plenty of time to bank these, but here is mine. And and it may be, I think it's, I think it might be more than one, but it's about the sidewalk. The, the, I have many thoughts about how to use the sidewalk correctly. Okay. And one of those is when you're passing people It's single fucking file, okay? You accordion down a group, you go single file, you probably stop the conversation, so we just have silent lines of people passing. Then you can accordion back out and have as many people as you want walking down the street. You can have them in the grass, whatever, but when you're passing people, it's single file. Also, when I'm on a leisurely walk, I don't even wanna see anybody in front of me. If I see someone... In my line of sight, I will cross the street and keep crossing streets and turning corners until it looks like there is open sidewalk in front of me. Uh, so that's that's a that's a personal rule of mine. Also, you you, can, you know, even when it's busy, if it's super busy, I'm not worried about space between people. But I've had a couple instances recently where. You're you're walking the same speed as someone and that is no good, man. It, someone commit to, what I've done recently, when I feel like someone's on my tail, I'll just stop. I've just stopped. And yes, it is highly passive aggressive, but I've stopped. I let them pass. Um, or if I don't need to be on a certain route, best believe I'm peeling off onto a side street. But I will stop or I will speed up. The problem with speeding up is then you have to keep up the speeding up. I think I think the best thing, because I've I've had this when I was when I used to bike around the city a ton, this idea of wanting to like not be in a clump. And so that meant I would just zip by everyone. Fucking give up the race, dude. I think the real thing is you go full tortoise in that scenario. Just let people pass. Um which I guess in a way I'm saying the ultimate walk is not walking at all is just standing there. So that is this week's episode. Thank you for fucking being with me for a hundred episodes. This shit is really crazy. It's been two years. COVID COVID a word. I did not know three years ago. You probably didn't either. And now we're, we're in it and we're alive And I'm so grateful to be in a community with whoever is listening to this to the extent that we are in community. I'm not faking anything, but I'm grateful for the community this show is creating. And come back next week. Subscribe so you don't even have to come back. It'll just pop up next week uh, with with a new episode, with guests. Not me, not me rambling. I don't. I didn't want to say rambling as a, like a, um, you know, beating myself up sort of thing. Not not me monologuing. Not me. Not just me. Okay. And until next week, remember you are a mist.
1: Try you can do anything you can do miracles things that seem impossible you can do miracles miracles you can do them have faith